Hi there, just popping in at the top to warn you that this podcast episode may include some language that's inappropriate for young ears. And as always, there will be spoilers ahead. Now enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome to Tear Jerkers, the podcast where we rate movies on a teardrop scale. Because sometimes you just need a good cry, and we're here to tell you where to find it. I'm actor, writer, and definitely not afraid of the boogeyman, Maybell. And I'm Kimia. Today we'll discuss childhood fears, the power of laughter, and realizing that children aren't venomous, but actually they are vectors of highly contagious diseases. It's Monsters, Inc. <laughs> and then we'll be finishing with Take Me to Your Happy Place. Before we do that, Maybell, what's your history with Monsters, Inc.? Well, let's see. Monsters, Inc. came out when we were pretty young. I think it was a 2001 release. And, I mean, I watched it as a kid and I loved it, but like most movies that I watched as a kid, I didn't fully grasp the concepts behind it. I just enjoyed the bright colors and the character designs, you know. And then I think I didn't think very hard about it until I was in college and Monsters University was about to come out. And uh, I watched it with a friend. I watched Monsters, Inc. before Monsters University came out. You know, as you do, you rewatch the originals. Um, and I just really loved it. I was very moved by it when I was like 19 years old or so. So mm -hmm. I remember enjoying it a lot at that time. And that's why I wanted to rewatch it for the podcast. How about you, Kimia? I'm glad we did. I had seen it as a kid as well. I don't like remember the first time I saw it, but I know I've seen it a million times because I have younger siblings as well who liked it. So I've seen it many, many times in my life. And then again, this last week. Awesome. Will you read the synopsis of the movie for us? Yeah, sure thing. So Monsters, Inc. is about, well, you could probably guess this factory called Monsters Incorporated, which is the largest scare production factory in the monster world. James P. Sullivan is one of their top scarers. He pulls the largest numbers extracting screams from children. And his scare assistant and best friend and roommate, wow, that's a lot of titles to fill all at once. It's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. <laughs> Mike Wazowski, he's like this green, really round, one-eyed monster uh, who helps M Sully out with a lot of his situations. The two of them get mixed up in a little incident after something happening on the scare floor where Sully accidentally lets in Boo, who's a tiny human girl from the people world. And she gets let into the monster world where they're working. And... While they're under the impression that children are basically like radioactive sources of electrical power, Sully and Mike have to take drastic measures to hide Boo from the authorities and try to sneak her back to her world. Fun fact, Mary Gibbs, the voice actor for Boo, was too little to stand in the recording booth, so they just followed her around with a microphone and recorded her little tiny baby sounds as she played. Oh my god, that's the most fun fact in the world. That's a fucking delightful fact. It is. All right, let's take a break. This episode of Tear Jerkers is brought to you by calling every fluffy animal you see a kitty. My darling roommate, Karina, who was on the show previously as a guest, studied child development, and she tells me that's called assimilation. Oh, okay. I mean, I think... It makes sense that there's a word for it, but I also think that it's something that, like, adults do, too. I mean, jokingly, like, there's that meme where you call any animal that has four legs a weird dog, which I love. It's one of my favorite memes. 
never gets I love old. that too. It's a great joke. Yeah, no, I think that's hilarious. Yeah, so when, like, I... I think as a kid watching the movie, I didn't quite get the joke of like, oh, she thinks that because Sully is fluffy that he's a cat. Um, it's and, just cute. Yeah, and as an adult, I'm just like, oh, that's so adorable. Oh, Boo is just yeah. so adorable. I think that's the only word she says, right? I mean, she says some words, but kitty is the first like word that she says consistently as like her way of identifying Sully. That's like his name. I want to see the script. <laughs> baby sounds. Baby sounds. A lot of it is baby sounds, but there are a few times that she says, like, small words. No words. <laughs> words that are as tiny as her. She's so little. She's so little. Okay, let's get back to the show. All right, Kimia, so what did you think of Monsters, Inc.? Loved it. Yeah. Ready to talk about it. I'm so ready to talk about it. I don't have what a did you lot think? of notes, this week, like, this is probably the fewest notes I've ever taken during a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so this might be one of our shortest or shorter episodes, and that's okay. Um, I'm mm-hmm. still excited to talk about Monsters, Inc. because I love it. It's, I mean, like, it's such a cute and creative concept, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, trying to understand why monsters would terrorize children but not kill them. You know, in this, like, fantasy <laughs> idea of, like, how children see monsters, you know? Yeah, that's a know. good point. I hadn't thought about that. I imagine I imagine it was based off of a very, like, sweet children's book or something. That's kind of the idea I get from the, like, art motif that they have in the opening of the movie. It's mm-hmm. very much not the art style of the rest of the movie, but it's, like, really mm-hmm. cute and catchy. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I love the concept of this movie, but... Just like a lot of animated movies with non-human civilizations, the concepts of eating meat or how reproduction works are a little bit like you don't want to look too far under the surface there, right? Like when you watch things like Zootopia or like a lot of movies where like it's animal and or non-human like characters that populate Mm -hmm. the world if you think too hard about like meat eating and reproduction like it all falls apart right yeah yeah like you have to remember it's a children's movie and Mm -hmm. they like no one is a sexual creature there's no like yeah no no there's no sex in this world that doesn't happen and meat grows on trees yeah it's like you can't you can't draw the parallels because they're not supposed to be there exactly but all that said how would you feel about an energy company called Humans Inc? Because that's essentially what it is. Yeah, and it's like a little bit like, aren't we already exploiting people? Yeah, it's some of the like late stage capitalism of this movie is uh, very interesting. I was actually kind of taking notes on what I think this movie could shine a light on in 2020 with like mm-hmm. energy crisis and like the declining birth rate and you know and <laughs> how children are sources of power and thus labor i don't know it just has a lot of things there don't you think yeah yeah it's it's a like a it's a little bit of a reach it's not like the most direct uh metaphor mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's fantasy but yeah we're <laughs> like we're not exploiting um people specifically for like electricity energy Mm -hmm. but we are absolutely exploiting people to run our society in general yes for sure 
Yeah. I think it's one of just one of those things where like as a kid I didn't think about the implications and as like a full grown mm-hmm. adult in twenty twenty, I can't help but think of the implications when yeah. it comes to labor and like resource scarcity. Um so even if it isn't a very clean metaphor, I still can't help but read that into the text from my own approach. Yeah, they should be paying the children for their screens. Of course. I mean, I don't really know how much worth monster currency would have to children, but it's more currency than they would have on their own in the human world. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I'm calling OSHA. <laughs> like, I'm calling the Department of Labor. I'm calling okay. the... Child Protective you know. Services, maybe? Yeah, you know? <laughs> Someone has to do something. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna make the children are going to unionize. Yes, and I'm gonna unionize the children. <laughs> yeah, so oh, so coming into this movie, I was really ready to let out some feelings because mm-hmm. there's been some things going on this week in my personal life. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not going to get into it, but I was just kind of ready to let some feelings out because I actually haven't cried in like three or four days, which is... Mm-hmm. A long time for me to go without crying. Yeah. But I've been yeah. kind of, like, blocked from um, from really letting myself release a lot of those emotions because I think I'm still processing my anger before I can, like, let the sadness, like, happen. Mm-hmm. I have to deal with my anger. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of, I was looking forward to, you know, a movie that I'm comfortable with, that I know very well, and that I appreciate the characters of. Um, mm-hmm. So I was really excited coming in to watch the movie. How are you feeling? I was looking forward to it, too. I was really sleepy. Like, partway through the movie, I was like, you have to keep your eyes open. You can't watch a movie with your eyes closed. <laughs> Stay awake. It's almost over. But, I mean, I've seen the movie so many times. It was really just like, watch the movie so you remember. Mm-hmm. So it's fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't cry. I didn't expect to cry. And I think while you kind of feel sad that, Sully and Boo have to be separated. There's like literally no other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. She can't stay in the monster world. He can't stay in the human world. Like, yeah, like they can't kidnap a toddler. Yeah. I mean, they just did. because he's soft. Also, like, yeah. How, but like permanently. Yeah. I mean, what were what were her parents doing? Because she was gone for like two yeah, or three days. Like 24 hours, right? Definitely I more think. than 24 hours. I think it was like. 48 hours, maybe slightly less. Yeah, it's it's alarming. Like, I would way be terrified longer if my... than, than any reasonable parent could go without noticing that their child is missing. Yeah. Yeah, if my toddler disappeared and then just reappeared in the bedroom two days later, like, I would yeah. not know what to do. I would be very, very concerned for I my would own move. sanity. <laughs> like, Witness protection. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but we're not risking it happening again. We're getting... The hell out of this yeah. house. Yeah, ooh, maybe, like, move to somewhere with, like, really, really prominent surveillance. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, oh, my like God, Boo like... grows up in, like, an authoritarian surveillance yeah. household because she went missing when she was three and she can't even remember it. That's so tragic. <laughs> not not the household, necessarily, but, like, a country. Oh, that, wow, like... dark. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh... I'm just saying that... While their separation is, like, kind of sad, and you know that they care about each other, and mm-hmm. that they, you know, they can't be together forever, it's just, like, every other option is terrible. hmm Oh, yeah. There are no other options. I mean, I guess they could both live in the Himalayas with the abominable snowman. Yeah, but, like, 
but who's a human who's gonna like grow into a human adult and then you know it's just real fucked up if you think about it too much yep just like pretty much every pixar movie it's real fucked (laughs) up if you think about it too much this is like a really a lot though yeah yeah Like finding Nemo isn't fucked up like this. No, it's not. It's it's not the same. I think this is probably like one of the most. It's further on the scale of the more you think about it, the more fucked up it is. Yeah. I feel like it is it's, like totally it's up absurd. there with like probably like cars and Toy Story <laughs> and like but not you know, but then like there are the less problematic ones, probably like like Wally, I imagine. I haven't seen Wally. That's the one that I keep meaning to put on the list. You haven't seen Wally like ever? I've never seen Wally. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're gonna change that. We'll we'll put that on the list later. We we have to watch it. I keep meaning to put it on the list. It's very cute. I I love that movie. And I haven't (gasps) seen it in years, so Okay. Yeah. We'll watch it. But um pivoting back to like the feelings of this movie, I really only had a few hard hitters. Um Mm -hmm. so I think the big one that's very obvious before the climax, of course, is when Sully thinks that Boo died in the trash compactor. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, like, weeping because he's traumatized from seeing what happens to the trash and thinks that happened to this human child. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like... And then, like, the eyeball from her. I know! Her little freaking monster suit is so cute. I love it! Oh, my goodness. Oh, Oh, I really want to see a human baby, like a real life human baby I, in a monster suit. I like bet that. we could definitely find pictures of someone who dressed up their kid as Boo for Halloween in that costume. Like, I'm sure. I'm going to look it up at the ad break. Oh my gosh, that actually reminds me that when I was in high school, one of my friends dressed up as Boo for Halloween. Oh, It was really fun. That's so cute. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this friend was also like the shortest person in our group. So... It was a little act. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I was also speculating on like the nature of Sully and Mike's relationship because how many scarers are also living with their scare engineer slash assistant guys, you know? Um I just opened the link that Gage sent and it's really <gasps> cute. Oh no, I opened it's it. It's a too. human being. It's so good. Oh, baby. Okay, I'm putting that in the show notes so listeners can find this adorable picture of a baby dressed as Boo. Oh my gosh. Babies are so good. So good. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Gage. Okay, what were you saying? Do all do I know for a fact that Randall does not live with his assistant slash engineer person. I don't like calling them assistants because they seem to do a lot more work than simply like hyping up their scarer, you know, like, like they seem to be like technicians. Yeah. Like they handle the logistics. Yeah. They're like Um. kind of the managers to the, um, the scarers being the talent, you know? Kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just thought it was interesting Maybe. because I was like, how many of them live with their engineer slash assistant slash coach person, you know? I think that's unique to Mike and Sully. 
I think so too, because they mentioned that they've known each other since fourth grade, which later gets retconned in Monsters University. Mm-hmm. And um and so but like it is canonical that they've known each other for years, even beyond their time as professionals at Monsters Incorporated. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. But I just like to imagine that this is just like a world where like I don't know. I just think it's funny to imagine the other scarers living with their engineers. Although I imagine Randall would have been horrible to his, his... What's his engineer's name? It's like Fungus, I think. Yes, Fungus is the name of Randall's engineer. Also, like the, the range of names in this world, going from things like Fungus and like Flatulence, I think was another one, um, to James P. Sullivan, which is a fully human name. I'm pretty sure I know <laughs> someone with a name James P., and then a different last name. And then definitely I know someone whose last name is Sullivan. So. Yeah. Wait. Who's the dentist in Finding Nemo? The dentist in Finding Nemo? Like the one who who's going to give Nemo to his niece? Oh, it's P. Sherman. It's Yes. Dr. Okay. P. Sherman. Philip Sherman. Yes. Thank you, Gage, for, for telling us this. That's why we have him on the keys. He's looking things up for us. We're trying something new. <laughs> I was I got all excited because I thought maybe they were the same, but they're not the same. Not Just quite. Close. close though. Maybe distant cousins through the portal that also I'm interested in how how do they make the doors in the factory, you know? I, I get I'm way too into to the world building. I, I am kind of the yeah. worst about that. Like when I hear interesting fantasy concept, I like want to understand like, where does this come from? Like, what's the magic here? And I should just let it go. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> the writers are like, sorry, this isn't about that. This is about <laughs> the friendship between a baby and monster. Oh, we right. Don't care right. about the doors. <laughs> yeah. Just let the doors be. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm also dying to know how the doors are invented. What happens when they shred the door? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Can they not use the same magic to recreate a door? I wonder if when a what child is... What about homeless is... children? Oh, yeah. What about them? You know? I think that for them, like, life is hard enough that they don't need a monster to come scare them to harvest their screams. <laughs> That's I a good point. Just gotta say. But what if, like, when a child is born a portal is created that leads to whatever closet is in their bedroom. So if they move, the same monster still comes out of their closet door because the portal is assigned to the child and not specifically to the building that they live in. There's that's, so many. That's what we I could, think it is. We could get deep into this. <laughs> I think but what we we're shouldn't. trying to say is that we didn't cry very much in this movie. So we have a lot of <laughs> other things to talk about. <laughs> Did not cry. Yeah, I mean, I had a feeling that you didn't cry. Um, my my two other notes really are that I teared up when Sully initially said goodbye to, to Boo at the end of the movie um, to save her, you know, and to put her back in her world. Like, I teared up a little bit. And then mm-hmm. at the very end, when Sully goes through the door again after Mike painstakingly rebuilds the portal for him, and you hear Boo say, Kitty! Right at the it's end? It's really cute. Yeah, that's great. So also, I have cute. questions about that. Like, there were some fragments of the door missing. If you shredded a door, mm-hmm. you could not put it back together. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. You could yeah. get pretty close, but not 100%. And so... Yeah. How did it work? The door must not matter that much. Mm-hmm. Like, 
the maybe the door just opens the portal and it just has to be functioning enough to swing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Or like even if there are like chunks of the door that aren't there, the like backside of the door chunk is there, so it might look like there are chips missing from the like monster side, but as far as like a thick functional door goes, at some point of mm-hmm. Uh, at every point of the surface area of the door, there is some level of depth, even if it's not complete, you know? I have so many questions. Something like that, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So those were like my two moments where I teared up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But surprisingly, I didn't cry. Like at all. Yeah. Like, Like no real tears left my eyes. I was honestly really upset. I mean, not really upset. I think it has to do still with the fact that I have stuff going on in my life that I need to process. Mm -hmm. And, um, usually I'm able to like let the chemical experience of crying happen by attaching myself to a fictional narrative and by trying to truly live in the character circumstances. But Mm -hmm. I just like, I didn't, it didn't happen last night and I'm really sad. Like I wanted to cry. Like, like, I was ready. I'm sorry. And I don't know. I, I'm really hoping that this is a temporary block and that by next week we, you know, I'll be right back to my usual old, like, absolute faucet face kind of person. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can you please do that makeup look with the Sailor Moon tears? <laughs> please I'm do not that. that good of a makeup artist. Like... It's pretty simple. I think it's just like the blue, like wavy. Yeah, it's like a blue wave with white outline and like light blue highlight or something. I don't know. I'll I'll check it it out. It doesn't have to be realistic because it's animated anyway. Like, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um. So (sighs) I think that's me. Good old faucet face. Except for not right now. (laughs) A little bit less than old faithful, but you'll. You'll be back to normal. And I think Monsters Inc. is so absurd. Like That's true. It's There's so many weird things, and it's just so bonkers that, I, I don't know, I don't think it's as emotional. And the only thing is that you say you cry sometimes when the characters are really cute. Mm-hmm. Like the opening shot of Finding Dory when it's like baby little Dory. And Boo is so cute. I know. I thought I would get some like cute tears out in this movie, too, because of Boo. Because... But, you know, I'm not, like, two days away from my period like I was. Actually, I was, like, one night away from my period when I watched Finding Dory 2. I literally started the next day. So I think that had something okay. to do with my, like, adorable tears. Um, right. And, like, I'm not at that point in my cycle right now. So it's, like, I don't think I'm as prone to bursting into tears just because I see a baby. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, hormones. Aren't they magnificent? They're powerful. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know. I think I'm, I still love this movie, of course. Like, like it's still an enjoyable, fun movie. And like, even though they have nothing to do with the more emotional elements of the movie, I love Roz and Celia. They're both like great characters, Mm -hmm. like fully separate narratives there. I think Celia is amazing. And I love the idea of a woman who's made out of snakes. Mm-hmm. Just, I think that was excellent, and I like that they made her like cute. Yeah, she's so cute. She's adorable. She's like seven snakes in a tube dress, and you know, she's valid. What more could you want? 
Uh, I want to be seven snakes in a tube dress. Me too. I think that's my ideal gender expression. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I think. Yet again, I have to ask Mm -hmm. is it still a fursona if it's a reptile? (laughs) I don't know, Kibia. I don't know enough about like furries to tell you. I'm not a furry, so I can't answer that question. I think they're called scalies. I think I've asked this before while we were recording. Maybe. I don't Maybe I don't I know, honestly. But also she's she's not entirely like she's not she wouldn't even like qualify necessarily as a scaly or like a fursona because she's not an animal from our world. She's a monster. So she's that's a monster sona. Okay. That's a relief. And that's just a totally different thing. So you're safe. Merch. Um, Scaly Celia isn't real. She can't hurt you. I want a t-shirt that says, I'm seven snakes. I'm seven snakes in a tube dress. Yeah. But have it be one of those, like, giant oversized beach t-shirts where the, like, tube dress is spray painted on. Oh, no, no. (laughs) I'm just trying to imagine how to fit the words around a tube dress, you know? Yeah, it'd have to be, like... Or just a really long t-shirt. Yeah, it couldn't be a tube dress. Yeah. Like, it could be small print. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seven snakes in a tube dress. Indeed. Okay. So I think I'm ready to give my rating if you are. I'm ready. All right. But before all that, um, can you refresh the listeners on our rating scale? I will. One teardrop, bone dry. Two teardrops, I could see myself crying, but I didn't this time. Three teardrops, it got me a little... Four teardrops, I cried, and five is full sobbing. So uh, what's your rating, Maybell? Well, I think I kind of gave it away earlier because I didn't cry. and um, But I love this movie. And I think I could cry, you know, on another day, maybe at okay. a higher point of my hormonal cycle. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a two. I'm giving it two teardrops. Mm-hmm. I'm giving Monster Zinc one teardrop. I didn't cry. I don't think I would cry. Yeah. I'm not. It's really cute. Yeah, that makes sense. It is cute. I wonder, like, if there are people, like, who is the crying demographic? Like, would children cry? I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is nobody's tearjerker, but maybe it's somebody's. It might. Yeah. I don't know. We did, movies don't have to be fully tearjerky to make it onto the podcast because, yeah. geez, I don't want to get depressed by watching really sad movies all the time. We got to watch some fun <laughs> yeah. ones every once in a while. Actually, we have to watch fun ones a majority of the time because if we watch sad ones even once, I need like four weeks to recover from it. it yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I can't do that to myself. Yeah, exactly. And, and like we want to keep making episodes. So yeah. All right. Well, okay. Before we wrap it up with our final segment, we got to take another break. This episode of Tear Jerkers is brought to you by believing there are monsters under your bed or in your closet or outside your window. Or in your kitchen or behind your shower curtain or in your Ooh, car in the back seat. Hiding in your shoes. Ooh, yeah. When I was young, my older brother told me that he had learned how to make monsters in science class that day and he had taken his monster home and put it under my bed. And... I didn't really believe him because that just seemed like a little absurd that he would make monsters in science class. Like, why would they be teaching that? But I did absolutely run and jump onto my bed for like many months after that. 
the such classic older brother moves. Like, yeah, like he's like five <laughs> years older than you, right? So yeah, about. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, classic. I yeah. <laughs> I don't remember oh. how old I was, but like, and now looking back, like. You made monsters in science you, you know what, though? It's a cute lie. I like it still. I mean, it is a cute lie. It's, it's adorable. Just so... How old were you, and how old would that have made him? I have no idea. Like, was I, like, I, I really don't know. Because even if you Maybe were, like, six, know. he would have been 11. Yeah, that seems, like, really young for him to have a science class. Not just science time. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Anyway, I don't even remember crying about it, but I do remember being like, just in case, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't just stand with my little vulnerable feet next to my bed. I should, like, make sure to take a running leap. Your little feet. (laughs) Just in case. Uh, um, Yeah, when I was, like, three years old, I thought I saw a ghost in the corner of my bedroom. I, like, very much remember what it looked like, but it's absurd, so I'm not going to describe it. Um, but I was, you know, young, so I fully believed that I had seen a ghost and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't particularly afraid of monsters as a kid. Like boogeymen weren't really a fear of mine. I had much more realistic fears like being kidnapped and murdered <laughs> and like ransomed or something. Um, I would, I would have nightmares about being kidnapped out of my bed. Oh, um, that's horrible. But that one Disney channel movie, don't look under the bed that scared the crap out of me, even when I was, like, 13, which is how old I think I was when I saw it. Like, I was definitely older than it's meant to be scary for, but... I don't even remember it. It was not, like, a cult classic. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually, like... It, it kind of had, like, those Pan's Labyrinth vibes a little bit. Not that I've actually seen Pan's Labyrinth, but it's what I imagine Pan's Labyrinth vibes are. Anyway, I only saw it one time... <laughs> And I was pretty young, so I am not really sure if what I'm saying is true, but that is my impression from my memories. (laughs) I can't wait to get yelled at. (laughs) Okay, come yell at us on Twitter. At tearjerkers underscore pod. Yell at us about how to correctly describe Don't Look Under the Bed for all five people who've seen it. Okay, well, that was a good break. We should probably get back so we can do our closing segment. Let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. But before we get to that delicious closing segment we're going to do today, we actually just got some fun facts in the chat from our producer. Apparently, according to the DVD bonus features, Monstropolis, which is the place of monsters in the movie, was founded after all of the monsters who once coexisted with humans were all chased off of the mainland and moved to an island in an unknown part of the world. So they're technically in the same physical world as the humans. But the monsters know, or like the higher-ups of the monster world, know that monsters and humans can't mix. So they've created this mythology this propaganda of how humans are toxic and dangerous which i mean is kind of true um so that all the future generations of monsters won't try to go back to the mainland and then get hunted down which is probably why Roz wasn't surprised that boo was toxic which was something that was pointed out to me that like 
why was this higher up in the contamination like company or whatever the contamination patrol group child detective services or what anyways she knew that that children weren't actually harmful and she said that it wasn't surprising but she has to keep it under wraps so Mm -hmm. that's a little bit of additional world building for this monsters inc movie after we have um significantly scrutinized it (laughs) if you wrote for monsters inc i want to talk to you i have questions (laughs) i always have so many questions Okay, let's move to our closing segment today, which is take me to your happy place. Maybel, will you take me to your happy place, please? Absolutely. Okay. So, as I mentioned earlier, I've been having kind of a rough week. Um, and recently, I've seen that like a little storefront in my neighborhood was going to be opening up a new boba shop. And I've been eagerly anticipating this boba <laughs> shop opening because. I'm obsessed with boba. I mean, come on, I'm from Southern California and I'm Asian. Like, what do you expect? So um, anyway, so surprise, surprise, I actually opened this weekend and my boyfriend texted me about the opening and I was super excited about it. And he told me about it the day before. So I knew it was going to be probably around like 11 a.m., which is when most boba shops open. And on Saturday Mm -hmm. morning, I woke up at 9 a.m. and I just laid there in bed waiting for the (laughs) boba shop to open. And then I went down and I like entered the boba shop probably at 11.01. I I was ready. I was like, I'm going to get this boba. And so so the place is like really cute. One of my favorite things about it was that it has like these light bulbs that are circular in clumps. So it looks like clumps of boba as like chandeliers. It's so cute. You have to come with me sometime. You're going to come with me this Sunday. I'm going to go with you this Sunday. Yes. Yes. And then um, also, depending on what you order, which I ordered this like tiramisu foam top drink, they give you a tiny shovel, like just a perfect little disposable shovel that you can use to scoop up the foam and put it in your mouth and eat it like it's a dessert. I saw the picture of the shovel and I was so delighted and I'm so excited to see the tiny shovel. Mm -hmm. I want to meet the tiny shovel. I want to befriend the tiny shovel. Yes. I'm actually keeping my tiny shovel Um, Because it's, like, washable and reusable, at least for a limited time. It's not particularly Mm -hmm. sturdy. But I'm keeping it so that the next time I eat Ben and Jerry's, it'll feel even more like an archaeological dig. You're so smart. I'm galaxy brain over here. So You're so delightful. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so that's my happy place. I also went back to the same boba shop the very next day. So I'm going to be a regular customer. So, um, how, how hard was it for you to get boba before this boba shop opened? Oh, yes. The context. (laughs) Thank you for the setup, Kimia. Um, the other boba shop that I went to before this one opened was a excruciating five minute walk away from my apartment. And how many of those minutes were waiting at the stoplight? Probably four. It's across the street. It's across the street. Like, like... 
I can't believe, I honestly am shocked that they decided to open a boba shop where they did because there's an established, like, great boba shop that is literally a two or three minute walk away. And I thought Mm -hmm. that it was kind of, like, infringing on territory. But, I mean, whatever, go for it. I mean, I'm happy to have boba within, like, a 30-second walk of my apartment (laughs) complex. So, I mean, I'm not inconvenienced, clearly. You could literally throw a rock from your front door. Yeah, I could. The front door of your building to the new boba shop. It's literally a stone's throw away. And that's what I deserve. It is. Okay? It is. I deserve this. I had a hard really interested. I deserve I deserve Boba to be right there. I'm interested to see how your loyalties develop. That's true, because I still have a punch card at the other place. Yeah. And like and I'm probably a few punches away from a reward, but I don't want to like throw away all my punches, you know? And also they have mm-hmm. menu items that the new place doesn't have. So yeah. I'm probably still gonna go to both boba shops, like like there are some things that at the old one that I'm going to miss. So I'm definitely still mm-hmm. going to keep going there. But mm-hmm. some of the, some of the items that I tried this weekend at the new place were very exciting and will probably kind of be my go-tos. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, all that said, so my happy place is Boba. What about you, Kimia? This week, um, my happy place was seeing my sister. She came down from college and I love her very much. We have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And we've been, like, video chatting every couple days saying, I miss you so much. I'm so Aww. excited to see you. That's delightful. And then, and then she came. I was, like, looking out the window every, like, two minutes. And my mom, my mom was looking at me. And I'm like, I'm just trying to see the headlights. And so she finally got here. And my mom and my brother and I ran out of the house to the street where she pulls in mm-hmm. like and where she's gonna park her car and we just like lined up oh and she parked so her car and she opened the door and we're all like pushing each other out of the way to get in there and I she's like I was it. wondering as I was driving down the street I was wondering what it was gonna be like when I got here and this is exactly what I imagined I mean she's the baby and she's also like fucking rad yeah she's so cool yeah I so. still struggle to imagine her driving even though I literally saw her on Sunday because you brought her to our yoga class, like I still kind of think of her as a 12 year old. Yeah, um, she's so grown. Yeah, but good for her. Yeah, so I get to spend some time with her and I'll get to spend some more time with her soon. And that's always super fun. I love hanging out with my family. Well, I think that's all, folks. Did you like Monsters Inc.? Are you still afraid of monsters in your closet? Do you have any inside intelligence about how the Monsters, Inc. world was formed? Tell us on Twitter at tearjerkers underscore pod and join the conversation with other listeners on Facebook at tearjerkers community. And if you want to send us a voice memo with your movie nomination and why that film made you cry, you can send that to tearjerkers.podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have the time and you wouldn't mind, please give us a five-star review and a rating on whatever you use to listen to us. It just helps us reach more ears, get a wider audience, and that way we can keep doing the podcast longer. And don't forget to subscribe or favorite so that you can be sure to catch the next episode. And as always, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell someone you know who loves hair made out of snakes. Or if you know anyone who has harvested children's screams for energy, tell them to listen to us. That truly sounds like a Sailor Moon villain. I think it might be a Sailor Moon villain. I mean, it's like a pretty popular trope in anime, but especially in Sailor Moon, like all of the villains 
their like main act of villainy villainry is that they like suck the life force from children or humans or like they steal the youth energy like that's that's like what what all Sailor Moon villains do that's so dramatic and evil yeah yeah I think it's like pretty evil I'm pretty sure it's just generally like a trope in like fantasy violence animes but I haven't mm-hmm. watched enough anime to really confirm that mm. Anyway, if you know about anime, <laughs> if you know things about anime, don't tweet at us at tearjerkers underscore pod. I know enough about anime. I know I know all I want to know. Okay, I can watch it without subtitles. I'm fine. Anyway, tearjerkers is produced by me, Maybelle Shimizu, and co-hosted by me and Kimia Ranchbaran, the wizard behind our intro music editing hero of this podcast and our associate producer is Gage Cryer. You can find more of his tunes at soundcloud.com slash Lincoln, please. Thanks for listening. Follow a baby around with a microphone, but only if you know the baby and the baby's parents and they're okay with it. Okay.